You're listening and watching Rashkin Report. I'm your host, Yuri Rashkin, and I'm joined today by uh, Dr. Uh, Olga Kamenchuk from the Ohio State University. The Ohio the State University. Exactly. Um, uh, Professor Kamenchuk is uh, co-director of Eurasian Security and Governance Program at Mershon Center for International Security Studies. Uh, somebody who's a specialist on national security. This is fantastic. Professor Kamenchuk, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me. And we have such a national security issue right here in front of uh, all of us called this coronavirus, COVID-19. Um, how do you anticipate it changing American politics and perhaps politics worldwide? Well, there are several issues going on at the same time. On the one hand, we were supposed to be in the middle of elections, in election season. Uh, and normally right now, everybody will different candidates. Everybody will be preparing for uh, the Democratic Convention, um, and uh, that would be the major topic. Um, maybe um, contenders would be starting to test their general election messages already by now, uh, but yet we can you know, spend a day or two without even mentioning ever Mr. Biden or Mr. Sanders at all, and electoral campaign in general at all. Like for days, we can just forget about it. People are talking about um, the situation with uh, COVID-19 or uh, economic crisis and what is happening with Doe, for example, right? That's the biggest problem right now. And of course, it affects the perception of the situation, um, not only in the United States, but actually globally. Um, the same situation we see uh, around the world uh, in other countries of the world. Everybody forgot about other issues, more or less, and are focusing on the situation with a new virus. Well, but I guess if, if we're going to look around the world and this being Rashkin Report, and let's take a look at Russia for just a second. They're not telling us much of anything. It's Everything's great over there. I guess the only country that's doing better is North Korea. Um, what, what are you uh, actually hearing and uh, what is your anticipation of how COVID-19 can possibly affect yes. Russia? Well, um, there are several things about Russia that we need to bear in mind when we talk about the situation with the new virus, with the coronavirus. Uh, one uh, is that um, the quality of healthcare system is somewhat questionable, I, to put it diplomatically. Uh, at the same time, the uh, ability to, uh, for diagnostics is not very advanced. There's one laboratory in Novosibirsk, which is Siberia, uh, which makes a uh, quite significant amount of tests. However, the quality of these tests, their sensitivity has been uh, criticized by the professional community. And, um, you know, uh, uh, professional community says that it looks like this kind of test might be missing the mild cases of coronavirus. And people get, you know, false negatives that they don't have it when actually they do. And that's, uh, that's a danger by itself. Second thing, you know, not enough testing for a country like of, like Russia. There are several problems um, also with um, the way uh, communication and mobility of the population was dealt with in uh, January and February. Uh, for example, Russia was one of the latest countries to close uh, borders with China, and it has the, one, its longest border with, is actually with China. And um, the, um, flights were still coming to Moscow, I think, until the end of February from from China. Uh, people who would travel from China, Italy, Spain, the you know the countries with highest rates of coronavirus, would not be tested. You know, all of them, but even even testing is actually a problem because you know that you might have it, but 
don't have you know any symptoms that could be asymptomatic at the beginning so um, at the same time the biggest problem i think is not only uh the situation with the healthcare system and diagnostics uh the biggest problem is with censorship so um there is a law anti-fake news law in russia um that is supposed to address the situation of fake news per se it's not a bad idea right to deal with fakes this the problem is uh how you define these fakes and you know the definition is very vague and pretty much the state can call any information any critical information as being fake so um based on that fake law anti-fake law um, media, which is uh, trying to report about the outbursts and you know um, breakouts of the of the coronavirus throughout the country, can be shut down. And uh, there are cases already of attack uh, against it, such uh, media and such uh, people as well who try to report this information. Um, in general, Russia has succeeded um, in uh, controlling internet as well and internet regulation. Uh, as we know, uh, during the previous uh, situation with, um, you know, Russia-Ukraine conflict, there were quite some uh, attempts to limit what um, um, Russian uh, media and Russian bloggers are writing in their social media accounts. Uh, people would be arrested even for reposts and uh, shares or invited for conversations by the law enforcement and security agencies. So, um, which led uh, also to a so-called psychological firewall, as we call it in one of the studies, which I published jointly with my colleagues from the OSU as well. Um, when people are actually creating their own um, psychological firewall, they are deciding not to talk about certain things, and they choose not to mention certain things, because it can lead to problems in the future. So well, I Professor Kamenchuk, this seems like a uh, seems like a classic uh, homo Sovieticus uh, is is you just don't talk about certain things and and uh, you know there's jokes about it how Russians can be silent and quiet because they know so I guess uh, the, the psychological firewall it seems like just a, just a part of being Russian or Soviet. It's not actually only Russian. Um, we studied the same uh, um, the same phenomenon in, in Turkey, for example. Authoritarian regimes in general is an area where we notice some, some of these things. So yes, it's a Russian thing, but it's also, for example, a Turkish thing, or it's also a Chinese thing, right? right. So areas um, where there is uh, heavy control on the population in terms of what it thinks and what it says, that's where we see it. And Russia is one of the examples. And that's interesting because it is different from, let's say, Spiral of Silence, which is more people feel like they must not be meeting, matching the main point of view, and so they are quiet and they, and they shut down and they stop speaking up. Um, but in this case, they don't even care about, I guess, whether what they're saying is right or wrong. They just know this will be trouble. Well, these um, two approaches kind of go hand in hand. The spiral of silence, in, the spiral of silence uh, deals with fear of isolation, for example, right? People might feel isolated. And by the way, speaking about social media, there were expectations that probably with the advancement of social media, uh, people will not feel so much silenced or isolated, that there would be support. But actually, social media contributes to it because there are so many more attacks, and not necessarily by Russian trolls or bots, right? Those can be people who honestly exist. They do. They're real people, human beings, like you and me, and they would still uh, try to shut you up. Like For example, what's happening right now in Russia, given we talk about it, 
uh, attempt to uh, spread the word about the threat of uh, coronavirus often leads to accusations that you are being a propagandist or that there's that you are sitting panic and so on. People don't want to hear about it. They often think that you are an enemy because you are spreading this information. Not the enemy. The enemies are not the ones who are actually hiding this information and uh, who can contribute to uh, higher uh, loss of population due to this pandemic. Yet, um, you know, the one who is the messenger gets um, the the first uh, criticism. All right. But but, but isn't this fairly Russian, too, I suppose, because I'm thinking of just a recent example I read somewhere where a person said that she was watching Wheel of Fortune in the United States and she saw Vanna White being very pregnant, turning letters. And in Russia, you don't have a very pregnant woman in a beautiful dress in front of a camera in a TV studio because you're not supposed to see those things Uh, the same way that in Russia there is a cultural standard of not having disabled people out in public much you know so how is that part of just you you want to beautify the picture in front of you and and uh, you know well there are several things one is gender stereotypes and um how you show how much you not show um some roles uh, of women. Um, yes, a um, couple of decades ago, it, it was considered to be immoral to wear a dress if you are pre- very pregnant, to wear a dress which would, um, you know, emphasize your body shapes, right? Um, but um, there's 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 several things, or uh, intolerance towards uh, people with uh, disabilities. Um, that's that's another thing, right? And how much we are open to these people. The problem is people, uh, you know, um, don't see them in the streets, so they kind of, I mean, they kind of know they exist, but they don't realize the extent of the problem. And given that we don't see them in the streets, we are not used to um, um, addressing the needs of these people. So there are several things here at the same time. Um, I don't want to sound as a big critic of Russia, although there is lots of things to criticize. And in the United States, there is also quite plenty. But yes, uh, when we uh, talk about uh, coronavirus, there is a lot which comes in place. On the one hand, this um, atmosphere of information control might play uh, in the interests of the authorities in the in the country right now, in the regime, because they are able to control the media field much better. But on the other hand, it actually plays against it because people are not warned about what is going on, uh, what is moving to. I mean, they might know what is happening in Italy, but they don't realize that actually that will be happening in Russia as well. Moreover, even when it will be happening, they will not see large parts of it and might deny it. Here we go about motivating, motivated reasoning again or selective exposure. People will select what to expose themselves to. Like, for example, when we um, just, you know, in 2014, when we discussed uh, high inflation in Russia following the annexation of Crimea, right? Um, even the official inflation numbers, even, even the official data, right, would demonstrate that there is inflation. Yet people, and people come to the stores, they, they shop, right? They buy, I don't know, milk and bread and whatever, butter. Um, they know the prices change, but they would deny. No, no, no. And nothing changed. We're, we're good with, with, I don't know, Turkish tomatoes or whatever it was. Um, Israeli apples versus, I don't know, Italian ones or, or Polish ones. Yeah, Polish apples. Um, they would deny that it exists even if this problem does exist. But that's the nature of the human being. A stereotypical perception uh, of the situation, and we're all prone to it, um, all of us, regardless whether we're conservative, liberal, and so on. 
And I, I think it's very important to understand that we are, um, as, as I think Professor Harari says, that we are hackable, That uh, and, and that can be hacked on many different levels, and emotions are the very primary level on which we can be influenced. Uh, Professor Kaminchuk, I would feel that incomplete about this conversation if I didn't ask you about possible outcome. Let's say you have a case uh, study of a country, let's say the biggest country in the world, but not the biggest population, that has... That does almost nothing about COVID nineteen, and and you're going to have certain consequences. What kind of consequences could there be to a country that doesn't really do anything other than tell people to stay at home? Um, it doesn't provide, it doesn't think about providing any sort of compensation for them. Uh, really, never looked at their population as anything to worry about because the elections are not really you know there for communication purposes. They're just for legitimization purposes. Um, what do you think can happen, and how can such a country have an impact on the rest of the world in this kind of a crisis? Well, if this mysterious country is a country which name starts with letter R, and it's Russia. Um, then um, that's what will follow. The problem is Russia did cancel the classes in the universities and schools and is considering of uh, actually moving the dates for the exams, entrance exams to the universities. Kind of what is SAT But not military enrollment. The military enrollment is still the same date. My God, that's a sacred thing. And well, so far the um, voting on uh, constitutional amendments, April 22nd, they're still in place, right? And still no discussion of canceling um, the victory parade in, in, in Moscow in May na- on May 9th, right? Which will be attended by a large number of very elderly people. They did cancel the St. Petersburg Economic Forum, again, because uh, high-ranking politicians, top managers of the major companies visited, including Mr. Putin, who probably doesn't want to show up there in the middle of, of the crisis. Um, well, so some measures are taken in Russia. It's not like nothing is done. I'm sure also um, scientists are working hard on vaccine. And this actually, this group of scientists in Novosibirsk, one of the centers of Russian science, are working on the vaccine. They're, they hope the vaccine will be ready by September, although uh, what I hear from uh, other researchers in UK and United States, it's unrealistic because you have to have enough clinical trials and so on. But anyway, so some things are done there, but they are clearly so far not enough. Um, It's hard to predict whether Russians will change their attitude in the nearest future or not, because in fact, all nature, almost all nations, not all, but almost all nations dealt with this crisis the same way. They tried to deny it or they tried to downplay it or they wouldn't accept the severity of the threat. Uh, but then with the course of time, they would catch up with that speed of um, antivirus uh, measures, and that would help. And whoever starts and steps in fast and first, um, that um, country or that area wins. Russia so far repeats the um, uh, mistake of many other nations. It's not the only one you know, denying the severity. The other problem is, are they able? What are they able to do? It's also uh, about the population, whether people are willing to follow the orders and recommendations or not. Look at how differently Italians and French versus, I don't know, Germans and Chinese deal with calls of the government to avoid uh, public gatherings and to enforce social distancing. Um, Germans seem to follow it. Chinese seemed to be very serious about it. Whereas French and Italians, well, you know, they had to have military on the streets to enforce it because they would ignore it. Same with we seen right but now. But the Germany. Russian approach to me is the but there's but mothers will make more children. 
you know? Well, yeah, they survived, these mothers, you know? Uh, and then, yeah, well, that's unfortunate. The, the, that's unfortunate a saying of um, uh, some Russian uh, military men previously that um, women will bring more children. Yes, the value of human life in Russia, unfortunately, is not very high. Um, and um, right now, there is lots of grim humor, uh, very sad humor that what was happening is playing in the interests of the Russian pension fund, because you know, large amount of people who suffer and die are elderly. I mean, that's that's sad, but you know, um, the the other reality is that in Russia, the ageism problem is also very high. We talked about uh, the situation with. Um, um, you know, attitude towards people with disabilities, but also people who are who are old, right? They're not taken seriously, like second-rate people. So who cares what happens with them? Oh, what? You are having a heart attack? Oh, it's just because you're old. You know, um, this this woman, which a professor from one of the Moscow universities who died recently, um, who also had a coronavirus, and this information leaked to the media. You know, the official uh, media said, well, they did, she didn't die because of coronavirus. She, she she died from other reasons. She was just old. She was 79. Um, so it's that's how it's being down, downplayed very often there. It's a very sad topic. Um, um, and um, unfortunately, if some miracle will not um, happen in Russia, we will see lots of um, victims of this uh, virus. Well, actually, we might not see it. As we know, media is controlled in the country, so we might not know. We might suspect, but we might not know. Dr. Kaminchuk, uh, co-director of Eurasian Security and Governance Program at Mershon Center for International Security Studies at The Ohio State University. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure, although a very, very difficult topic, and uh, thank you so much for your perspective. I think a lot of people are wondering about what is going on in Russia, and as you said, the information is sparse and limited, and it's going to be more limited, and so very much appreciate your insight. You're welcome. Uh, thank you for inviting me.